reach the offices of Acme Podcasts Incorporated. The tick is out of his mind right now. If you'd like to leave a message, please wait for the tone. If you'd like to speak to an operator, press star. A day job? In an pound, office? Pound, My pound, worst nightmare! Pound, pound. No! The tick, here's the shank. I need to fight the triple Anderson gave himself the promotion. Take your not so special anyone can touch that. So special anyone can touch that. The tick, here's the shank. Alvin, you've disgraced me for the last time. <laughs> just like Gary Cooper, huh? I think the cartoon just started. Everybody and welcome to this week's Acme Podcast Incorporated. I'm your host, Laser J, and with me, as always, is my good buddy and loyal sidekick, Kai. Yep, 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 yep. We're uh, we're feeling a little super heroic this week, and we're covering the Tick and the Incredibles. Yeah. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. So you know, just gonna throw you know this out there. Warning! Warning! Spoilers! Spoilers! Ahead! Yep, we're gonna be giving all the dirty deets. If you haven't seen The Incredibles or The Tick, or if you haven't caught up on DuckTales, either. Yeah. Uh, that's... And then if we have anything to talk in our week that, uh... Yeah. Story-related. spoilers. Yeah, that, that, Only that's... Only one... Only one thing that I can think of that I want to talk about that would be related. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, before uh, before we get into the shows and before we get into the upkeep, we got our weeks. So uh, I just got one thing, and then I'll... Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it's kind of touching on something we talked about last time. I read uh, Kaiju number eight. Oh, cool. How do you like it? I liked it. Uh, I'm all caught up. Uh... Yeah, I, I I like it a lot. Yeah, I I'm sad that there's not more, but I know it's a new manga, so you know. Yeah, it it's relatively new, so. Yeah, that's always a the bummer. Is your because I'm one of those people who likes to binge things, so. Yeah, I I uh, I'm generally on that bench too, but uh. Mhm. With 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 uh, comics and manga and such, I I, I like being up to date with them rather than read a shit ton mm. at once but I like I like having a shit ton to read at once and then keeping up with it yeah uh, what what I tend to do with like web comics specifically is I'll like read it and then I'll get to the where it is currently and then I'll drop it for like six months and then I'll come back to it and I'll read it all over again from the beginning yeah I um I can't do that with web comics. Uh, mm-hmm. I I guess maybe it's a little bit of that holdover mentality. I used to read the uh, newspaper funnies every day. Oh. But I also used to get like the the collections of the newspaper funnies too, like the Calvin and Hobbes books and Foxtrot and uh, the get Jim funnies. Davis. I, I never had the Garfield ones, believe it or not. Huh. The only 
I had one Garfield collection, but it was a dictionary. Oh. Huh. <laughs> and it had, like, uh, comics that were related somehow to a word on that page. That's like uh, the sup- the Marvel Superhero Dictionary. Yeah. And that's where that, that one panel of... Uh, and then Lex Luthor stole 40 cakes. That's as many as four tens. Oh, oh, oh no, no, no. that's no. just not right. Yeah, th- this isn't quite like that. This is, like, actually, like, a Merriam-Webster dictionary. Oh, okay. And then just, like, at the top of the page or the bottom of the page, there's a uh, Garfield strip. Huh. And usually well, there will be, like, somewhere on the page, there'll be, like, a little box that has, like, the Garfield word. And it's where it's supposed to be in the alphabetical order, but it's a mm-hmm. word that's used in one of those comic strips. Oh. That's neat. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, that, that's the only Garfield collection I have. I have Calvin and Hobbes, Foxtrot, Dilbert. And, uh, Get Fuzzy. Those were the ones I collected. Mm-hmm. Uh, I regret Dilbert. <laughs> yeah. I was never really a big fan of Dilbert. Yeah, I- I'm a I'm a sucker for workplace comedy. So, and mm-hmm. I always have been ever since I was a little kid for some reason. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I like Dilbert. But, um... I wouldn't mind a far side collection. Yeah, I I I would like to have a far side collection. I like the far I far side is one of those ones that I didn't like when I was younger, but now that I'm older I think it's hilarious. Yeah, same. That that and uh non sequitur. It's kind of the same thing but like a little yeah. edgier, I guess. The the sort of nonsense humor. Yeah. <clears throat> uh Oh, you, you know what I'd really like to have a collection of? Hmm. Sally Forth. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because those are genuinely funny. Like, in the last 10, 15 years, they've gone out of their way to appeal to nerds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it, it's just, it's funny. Because I think before yeah. they started doing that, they really kind of didn't have, they, they were like a workplace comedy also, but more like in a... Like a Golden Girls, Ally McBeal style, rather than The Office. Or... Sex in the City. Si- Sex in the City. Less than that. Not 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 really. It it was still family friendly, but. Yeah. Uh. Golden Girls is not family friendly. Let's be real. Uh, sometimes, I I watched it as a little kid. I I don't think I ever knew people who wouldn't let their kids watch Golden Girls. I love Golden Girls. I do too. Uh, but yeah, that that that's uh that's my week. I read Kaiju number eight, and I read some other manga, but nothing mm-hmm. else really worth talking about. Um. Well, the only other th- the only thing, I mean, I mean, my fucking you were there, so you know that my fucking Eberron D and D campaign ended. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the yeah, yeah, which is now oh, it's just a cool thing. First yeah. campaign I ever finished, um, and then um, today, um, uh, our friend of the show Rad is doing the twenty-four hour Kirby stream. Yeah, for that, that'll have 
ended before this goes up. But. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, so a wild thing happened on the stream. Mm-hmm. We were two hours into the stream, mm-hmm. and some anonymous donor donated like $744. Oh! Yeah, yeah. God damn. Yeah, he was he was thrown for a fucking loop on that one. Hell yeah. So he he def he met his goal of a thousand dollars and now it's just about the stretch goal of fifteen hundred. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Yeah. So all all the proceeds are going to um trans rights uh the, the trans lifeline or whatever. Yeah, the trans lifeline. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Um the only other, I mean, I've been watching a lot of fishing videos, but that's not really all that interesting. <laughs> I, I'm curious as to why. I like fishing. Fair enough. Like that's that's that that that's it. That's the just answer. just been in the mood for that particularly. Yeah, just I've been wanting to fish, so I'm gonna enjoy it vicariously. All right. Um, but yeah, th- that's not. I don't want to go into details on that. But the only thing I really do want to talk about is I watched season two of uh, Primal. Oh, how is that? Uh, it was it was really good. They um they did some they did something that I didn't think they would do. Um, mm-hmm. where I mean most of the show has been episodic up to this point. Mm-hmm. They haven't really there hasn't really been a plot, but a, there's they seem to be setting some sort of overarching plot in this season. Mm. Um. The main crux of that plot is we meet a new character. Her name is Mira, and she's a slave. Mm. And apparently, this culture that enslaved her uses like has like metal, and they have more advanced technology than Stone Age technology. Interesting. Also, we hear our first piece of spoken dialogue in the whole show. Oh, but and she, it's her, but. She's speaking in a made-up language. Ah. As far as I can, I don't know if it's an actual language or not, but it's not. It's not English. That she's hmm. speaking in some. It's either a made-up language or it's a language I just don't know yeah. or recognize. Like there's a whole scene where the 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 ma- the, the caveman uh, spear asks her. She's been doing like this ritual where she like worships the moon, mm-hmm. and he basically like asks her about it and her. In his like grunting way, and then she draws what happened to her while she's speaking in her um, native language. Mm. It's very cool. Um, and we hear Spear say something for the first time because she's it, you know been hanging out with her, and the, it's only one word, and that's her name. Mm. And not to give too much, I don't want to give too much away, but. Most of the most of that season was still like standalone like episodes on its own, but the the last episode was like, all right, we're setting up for something. We're setting up for some sort of inevitable climax in this show, you know. Hmm. And the animation is fucking stellar. It's Gendy, so it it's going to be absolutely beautiful. Yeah, and then um. I forget his name, but he was the art director on Samurai Jack, and he he's like the animation director for mm. this show too. Okay. Um, 
They did a, they did some cool episodes. That they, did, they did a fucking zombie episode, which I wasn't expecting. Huh. And there's also, like, some... They set up some, like, supernatural shit, too. Oh. Like, there's, like, witches. Yeah. Like, like dru- evil druid magic or some shit. The further they get away from the concept of dinosaur and caveman, the 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 less interested I become. It's very cool, though. I I don't doubt it. I I'm sure I'm going to enjoy it, but I just kind of want to see dinosaur and caveman in different dinosaur and caveman situations. Not like well, that's what the, that's what the whole for that's what the whole se- that's all all of season one. Yeah, I, I know. I I. I I guess I, w- I still haven't watched season one, but I guess I kind of would have wanted it to just be more of what season one mm. was. I I don't like the idea of there being an overarching plot, or well, the over, I mean, there there has to be some kind of end, right? Some sort of end point, and they have no goal or anything up to this point. So how do you end a show like that, right? Well, death. You need a. Cl- you need a climax. You need something. But I mean, the the goal is survival. And so mm-hmm. the end would be death. That's true. Um, I don't know. I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes. Yeah. It's some very, it's, 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 it's looking like some, some Conan shit. Yeah. It, just since up. the last season of Samurai Jack, my faith in Gendy has started to waver a little. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I am. My my interest is. So I guess I kind of want to see where it ends before I watch any of it. Without giving too much away to people, if you didn't like the ending of Samurai Jack the show, play the game. The game fixes. The game involves Jack reliving his memories and time traveling and it fixes the ending of that of the show the true ending of the the game is what you want without giving too much away future laser cut here two very boring minutes later future laser stop cut here okay all right uh so yeah that so that that's primal anything else um. Mm, no, not really. Okay. Uh. Well, let's take a look at the upkeep this week, which is uh the last two episodes of Ducktales, which I'm just getting the names of. New Gods on the Block. And That's right. The what was the other one? The first, the first adventure. adventure. Yes. Uh, New Gods on the Block was fun. Um, nice to, always nice to see Storkules. Yeah, yeah. It 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 was nicer to see Daisy. Yeah, it's nice to see Daisy. It was it was also nice to see Storkules, and I just really liked them interacting with each other. Yeah, that was it was funny. Also, um, Donald Duck has two hands. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I know. That's all I'm saying. Um, I'm I'm but with it, you there. Yeah, yeah. Love your himbo boyfriend, Donald. Love him. 
I also kind of just don't like Storkles because I've had friends like that who just can't take a hint that you mm-hmm. don't like them as much as they clearly like you. Yeah, he's just he's trying his best. I know, but yeah. I can't hate him. Yeah, no, no, no. I don't by any means hate Storkules. Um, mm-hmm. I just know if that I was in Donald's shoes, I would feel the same way as Donald. Oh yeah, no. I'm. He's not in the. He's not complete. He's not in the wrong. Yeah. Uh. It it was just really nice seeing the kids have because this whole season seems to be having like. You know, kid, the uh, characters having doubts and, um, you know, trying to be prepared for this new threat, yeah. just in general, for which sure. I think is a good overarching plot thread to follow. Um, yep. Fucking love Dewey's just like. So, did you want the god powers or? Oh, right, that was part of this. Can I get a do-over? <laughs> Yeah. Fucking. God. <laughs> Such, like, I love Dewey, but. Dewey, Dewey's definitely my favorite. Yeah. I don't know who my favorite. I mean, Webby is my favorite, but. Oh, well, that. yeah. Of, of all the characters, Webby. But of the triplets, Dewey. Yeah, of the triplets, yeah. Okay. I don't know. I don't think about that. I don't know. I do like. Yeah, you know what? It might. It might be. It might actually be Louis. Honestly. Louis. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Something about him. It's pretty funny. Yeah, he's fun. They're all good characters. Uh, oh yeah, there's not a bad one. Yeah. Dewey's not the one I relate to the most. Uh, he's just the one I'm most entertained by. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, there's not a whole lot to say about that episode. Uh, Hades was cool. Uh, mm-hmm. Seeing more of the gods uh, was was cool. Uh, I would have liked to have seen Poseidon. Yeah, uh, that that's gotta be coming up, right? Yeah, at some point. Um, maybe maybe Launchpad will have another adventure with mermaids or something and we'll see Poseidon. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I, I, would, I, I would like to see Poseidon. Yeah. I want him to be like a frat bro. Okay. I don't know. That's just immediately what... Why, do, why does my mind go to that? Uh, oh, I know. I know why. I know why. Do you read Lore Olympus? Broseidon. God Bro of the Brosian, yeah, uh, yeah. That's why my mind. That's why my why my mind went there. God, that takes me back for a hot second. Yeah. Brosiden. Uh, God of the Brosian. Yeah. Uh. <sighs> God. It's not a lot else to say about that episode, though. Like, like it's fun no, it's just... and it, it serves a good purpose, but. Yeah, not too much else to say about it. Yeah. Um, uh, now the first, no, the first adventure. First adventure. First off, it's always fun seeing uh, young Donald and Della. Yeah, uh, exactly. Seeing uh, Bradford's origin story. 
What a fucking his hair is so bad. It, yeah. When you see it, him like young. When you see him younger, he's got this. Like he looks like he's wearing a shitty toupee, but it's not actually a shitty toupee. Yeah, it, it's that typical '70s haircut that like half the background cast of Star Wars had. <laughs> yeah. Uh. God. Uh. It, and then yeah, we set up. We set up to the. Uh, what was it called? The Papyrus of Binding. Yeah, the the Papyrus of Binding. I think. That's gonna come back. Wait, hold on. That's what they need the feather for. Oh, you're right. The heir of Clan McDuck. Yeah. Will take the papyrus. They're gonna make a clone of one of the kids. Yeah. Oh. That's so good. That's galaxy brain. Yeah, that's galaxy brain shit. That's galaxy brain shit. Oh man. Um, yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to. This this I'm looking forward to the season. I've never looked forward to a season finale before, but I'm looking forward to the season finale. Yeah, yeah, me too. I want to see where this goes. Yeah, uh, but but seeing uh the the young uh ducks was in. It's always fun. Like we we had that one episode, uh, the the, the Christmas episode. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's the only. That's it, it, a good Christmas episode. Scrooge battles yeah. Santa every year. <laughs> yeah, that man is not welcome in my house. He knows what he did. <laughs> uh, it's very good. But it was really cool seeing them, seeing that Della and Donald were like the, the thing that made Scrooge love love adventure. Yeah. Which I think is interesting. Like, I'd always just assumed that he liked adventure. I mean, it could be that they simply reinvigorated him. Yeah, he was very old. <laughs> yeah. Not just so much... Not I didn't mean that as an age thing. I meant that as, like, a... He might have once had the thirst and love of adventure, but over the centuries? Did we, how, did we establish how old Scrooge is? Because I know he's done he's something... Old. He's over a hundred. It's over a hundred. Okay, so like over the, we'll say decades then, or nearly a century maybe. Um, yeah. It could have just become business a day at the office to him almost. Yeah. It started as the the passion and thirst of adventure just became mundane, and so it took the 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 childlike wonder to reinvigorate it in him. That's what mm-hmm. I took it more as. Got it. Uh, God. I don't think we ever find out the exact age, Jonah. Okay. Okay, wait. No. According to the DuckTales... The, his 2017 incarnation, officially, is 150 years old. Okay. Born in 1867. Alrighty. So, yeah, he is... Over, he's 150 years old. Yep. Hell mm-hmm. yeah. Also, uh, we we found out uh, uh, his sister's name. 
Scru- oh uh, yeah, D- Della and Donald Hortons. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Who They're apparently mo- is going to be showing up in the next episode? Really? Yeah. She's going to be in the next episode. Hell yeah. There's going to be an episode about Scrooge and the sister. Ah, I'm excited for that. Yeah, me too. I'm excited for anything that introduces new characters, honestly. Yeah. If it's not Hortons, it's one of his other siblings. That's true. Uh, Do they ever say how many siblings he has? I I, I know there's that one episode where where they go to his uh, parents' home. Yeah. I don't think it's ever... I don't remember if it's stated how many siblings he has. Yeah, okay. I think he has three. Three? Okay. Two or three, yeah. Okay. What if he's a pair... From a pair of triplets? Mmm, you know what? Yeah, that would make sense. Twins is a uh, a trait that runs in families, generally. Yeah, so triplets could be a, Mc, a McDuck thing. Yeah. That would make sense. Yeah. I'm I'm curious to see what they do with that episode because they're going back to apparently they're going back to Castle My Duck, so. Oh, I'm. I'm excited. I, I I. I'm excited for anything that introduces both new characters and new lore at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Uh. I'm still. I'm dissatisfied with. What we saw of Goofy and the Rescue Rangers, I want to see more. Yeah, well, it's really hard. Like, Goofy, how do you fit him into DuckTales as a story? And Rescue Rangers are a whole other thing. Yeah, I I feel like we could see Rescue Rangers on an episode that focuses on Fowl. Yeah. Um... I'm also, they had that poster that showed everything that's going to cross over. And I, I, I'd be amazed if everything crossed over this season. Mm-hmm. But I am still, I'm waiting with bated breath on Tailspin. Yeah, me too. Uh, I, I, Darkwing Duck was your big one, but Tailspin is the big one for me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, as for how they could do Goofy... And specifically, Goof Troop, they just mm. need a Don- Donald-centered episode. Yeah, Donald-centered episode, and maybe it's a plot is Donald and Goofy doing a thing, and B plot is the triple hanging out with Max and PJ. And PJ. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I, I feel like there's an idea where Donald and Della take the kids just for like. An afternoon, like just on a day trip or something, that's not an adventure. That, they, yeah, that's not a dangerous adventure where they might get killed. Yeah, and so yeah. it's just an episode of Goof Troop style exaggerated sitcom antics. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'd like that. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I know you now also watch Toonrific Tariq. Did you see his? Uh, uh, I did you see his uh, Goofy movie one? No, I have it. I have it. Book. I have it. What in my watch later? I haven't watched it yet. Okay, it it just put me in the mood for Goof Troop stuff and Goofy Movie Extreme Goofy Movie. I, I love Goofy. 
uh, and I'm just now super in the mood for that. So I'm par- feeling particularly dissatisfied with if that appearance of Goofy is all we're getting. I really just want more. Mm-hmm. Um, but if not, then you know it's what? Not. I, I'm what? Go on. No, you know what I would really want. Yeah. I just I want. I don't know how it happens. I just want Goofy and Starkeles to meet each other. Yeah. Now there's. Oh God! You put them with Donald. You just got the three Stooges. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> oh God! Oh, it's perfect. God damn it! Oh. Yeah. <sighs> Although I think of Goofy and I think of Goofy and Starkeles from the same building, the it would explode from all the himbo energy. Just add launch pad. Yeah, <laughs> we are the three himbos. Oh, God. You've seen my two dads. Now, watch my three himbos. Watch my three himbos on CBS. <laughs> oh my God! I want and I want Drake to be there. And then, like, Donald and him see Starkeles and Launchpad on TV. And they hear about some idiot, some idiots causing a thing. They're like, wait, those are our idiots. (laughs) 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 Uh. Oh, God. I also, if we get another Darkwing Duck crossover episode, should we, we we will. Yeah. We got we had the Webby, uh, the trio girls. I want them to hang out with Goslin at Absolutely. some point. Absolutely. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Okay, cool. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break, and when we get back, uh, we're gonna get into the ticks. So stick around, cause I. No, you're gonna dig this. Yeah. Okay, see you then. Now, we're back on to our show. Oh, this changes everything. I feel different. Better. A new sensation spreading out from my upper lip to every other part of my body. It's a feeling I I can't quite describe. It's a it's a savvy kind of feeling. A suave kind of feeling. Kind of a kind of a mustache feeling. Hip pointy on the end. Making a new set of friends. Huh. Just that feeling. Looking good. Mustache feeling. Oh, that mustache feeling. Ha ha! And welcome back, everybody. Acme Podcast Incorporated. Uh, we're 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 coming back at you, and we're gonna get into the tick. Spoon. Yeah. Uh, uh, not not the 
first live-action TV show, not the Amazon series, but the original cartoon. Yeah. Uh, um, the car- this cartoon was released uh, back in 94. Yeah, 94. And it was based on the uh, indie comic book by Ben Edlund, Edlund by the same name. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was ran for three seasons, total of 36 episodes, and it was produced by uh, Sunbow, who yep. did... Um, Transformers and a bunch of other stuff. I gotta tell you, it had been a long time since I'd seen a Sunbow uh, sting- stinger at the end of yeah. an episode. Yeah, me too. For real. I haven't done anything in a long time. Yeah. Are they def- They might be defunct. <laughs> well, yeah, they might be defunct. Or they might have been absorbed into some other entity. Yeah, that's true. They might have They might have been absorbed into Hasbro. Oh, that. that's likely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, the the, the show uh, contains uh, Townsend Coleman uh, as the Tick, a man with two last names. Uh, <laughs> Rob Paul. <laughs> that that may be a little mean. I'm sorry, but it. Yeah. No, it's good. Uh, Rob Paulson as uh, Arthur. Yeah, originally he was voiced by. Um Mickey Dolan's in season one, but Rob Paulson would voice Arthur in season two and three. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Hardy. Uh, Sorry. We, oh, no. we also got Cam Clark as the, a def- deflator, deflator mouse. mouse. Yeah. Um, uh, Jeff Sarnell as uh, Sewer Urchin. I'm sure. If yeah. Yep. Uh, um, Jim Cummings. Yep, Jim uh, Cummings shows up quite a bit, if I remember correctly. A Barry Hubris, Captain Decency, Mr. Mental, Multiple Santa, etc., etc. Yep. Oh, he was also Stalin, Stalingrad. Yep. Uh, Kay Lenz is American Maid. Uh, yep. We got Pat, Pat Fraley is in this, too. Yep, Pat Fraley is Mayor Blank and a few other positions. The, car- the Carpeted Man. Yeah. Uh, he he played Stalingrad in his second appearance. Mm. He was also the whirling Scottish devil. Yeah. And uh, Mr. Rob- oh, sorry, go on. No, go on. No, no, you go. Uh, Kimmy Robertson is uh, Arthur's sister, Dot. Uh, she's yep. a fairly well-known uh, sketch comedian. Yep. Um, and we got Mar- Maurice LaMarche. Who uh, played the deadly bulb slash pig leg? Also played doorman and the midnight bomber. What bombs at midnight? Yeah, that I think that's my favorite villain. The <laughs> midnight bomber. What bombs at midnight? Yeah, just it's... okay. I like him for the same reason. Sewer urchin is my favorite hero character in this show. Yeah, yeah, and it's just the the. Sort of like recognizable but weird speech pattern. Mm-hmm. Like you know it's a reference. You may not be able to pick out what it's a reference to, but you know it's a reference. Yeah, yeah, you're correct. And we have the legend, the myth, Tony J. Chairface Chippendale. Yep. God, I'm so sad Chairface is only in a couple episodes of this show, because I love Tony J. Yeah. I wish uh, LC had showed up more, because Ed Gilbert, mm-hmm. also a, a, uh, a delight. 
Yeah, I think my favorite villain was the Breadmaster. I can understand that. Yeah, Breadmaster's pretty fun. I mainly I liked him a lot, but I also liked that his henchman was buttery packed. Yeah, I. Buttery Pat was so unnerving. <laughs> I, I love. I just like the pun. Yeah. Uh, a pat of butter. <laughs> <laughs> so good. I love that. But my favorite hero is probably American Maid. American Maid's fun. Uh, she, she's, she's like she's one of the only competent superheroes. <laughs> <laughs> I think she's the only competent superhero. Well, no. Uh, we we do learn that. Uh, sewer urchin is extremely competent. It's just in his environment. In his element. Yeah. The right. sewer. Oh, yeah. Also, yep. um, no, I, the, the sewer is real dangerous. Yep. Mm-hmm. But, uh, the, the, um, mm-hmm. Yep. Definitely dangerous. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we gotta give big props to um, Miss Susan Blue who is the voice director on this show. Yes. She's voice director on quite a bit of note, if I'm correct. Yeah, she was originally, because she was a voice actor for a long time, she played the original RC back in G1. That's right. Yeah. Um, and she went on, basically after being a voice actor for so long, she went on to just be a voice director. Kind of like how Steve Bloom is a voice director on a lot of things now, even though he still does voice acting from time to time. Yeah, same with Rob Paulson. Yeah, yeah. But, um, hard to, this show is um it's it is a it is definitely a parody of superhero things, obviously. That's what it's trying to be, but it's also like a lot of like non sequiturs and just like absurd humor. Yes. Um Which I, I, I also know. think overall it it's a better comedy than it is like a deconstruction of the superhero genre. I'm sure the comic does a better job at both, honestly. Um, I've heard that the comic is, it delves way deeper into, like, questioning why the Tick doesn't have an actual identity, and he escaped from, like, an insane asylum or some shit. Yeah. It takes itself way more, it takes itself way more seriously. The the live-action series also does that. Yeah. Uh, like, I think it establishes at some point, or the, the, the one with, um... Oh, I always forget his name. Putty. Oh. Kronk. Brock Sampson. Patrick Warburton. Patrick Warburton. Thank you. Um, the, the one with him, it, it's always... It, I think it pretty much establishes he's not a human. <laughs> it's not a suit. That That's his skin. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um... Um, I, I do. I, sorry. This is just a r- fun thing that I didn't know until I was at re- doing research for this or making taking notes. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know what the whole thing was. Deflator Mouse's name was. Deflator um, Mouse. It, it, it's it's literally it's it's German. Deflator Mouse, which is literally just the bat. Yeah. <laughs> Deflator Mouse. <laughs> it's it. That's all it is. Yeah. But yeah, it is definitely more of a. It it's a more com- it's definitely a comedy show for sure. It's it doesn't try and take itself seriously at all. Yeah, in any way. And it's a v- extremely competent comedy because like 
almost every episode had a laugh out loud moment for me. Yeah, no, there was. I would most of the show is like there's a sensible chuckle and a smile. There was a, every episode there was at least one joke that I like. I, I there was a big gut laugh for me. Yeah. Um, uh, the first. I was kind of worried. I thought I remembered it. Like, is this show still funny? And then episode one, that bit where he's talking to that guy at the at the bar where he first shows up at the city, he's like, "You're a tick, huh?" Yeah, sure. Ticks have eight arms. You got eight arms? Oh yeah, totally. You just can't see them. Ticks suck blood. You suck blood? Oh yeah, all the time. Uh huh. Sure you do. Listen, buddy, I got a straw right here. You want a demonstration? <laughs> Yeah. That, that joke fucking cracked me up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, the the show is damn funny. It's damn good. This is my first time watching it. Um. Yeah, it seemed right up your alley. Yeah, it, it it's not. We we had a small conversation earlier in the week about this, and I I think as far as superhero parodies that aren't really deconstructions but just like having fun with it I think I still prefer Freakazoid because Freakazoid still makes me laugh more consistently and harder but Mm -hmm. some of that is nostalgia but I do revisit uh, Freakazoid every so often it's not like Mm. I haven't seen it since I was a kid um yeah. This and I've I've no go on. I'll let you finish. The feeling I have most when I watch this is regret that I didn't get to see it as a kid. Mm-hmm. That, you wish you had nostalgia for this show. Exactly. Yes. I, I Yeah. I, I wish I'd seen it much earlier. Um Yeah. Because it's good. It's that it, it's damn good. Um Yeah. The only sense of nostalgia I have for this show is I remember a friend of mine had an action figure of The Tick. I would love an action figure of The Tick. Yeah, he had, you know, the original, like, I mean, like, when I was a little kid, when the show was running and they were, the toys were in store, he had one of the ones that you could get. I never even considered having an action figure of The Tick, but I would love an action figure of The Tick. Yeah. I wanted to come with a little wooden boy and a spoon. It didn't. No, but I mean, if you were to make like a... A, a new one? You know, a, a, a collector's item. Yeah, I could... The only thing that would really be an issue is the head. But mm-hmm. uh, with the way that 3D resin printing has become more affordable... In the modern age, it would not be impossible to find someone to create a digital sculpt for you and print it out. And then the body is quite simple. It Just take a Marvel Legends, a big one of the big Marvel Legends figures. like a, And stick the tick's head on it, yeah. Yeah. And then just paint it and, blue. Yeah. And then little and, wooden boy you can make from like... You can get some real thin dowels. At, uh, at, uh, Joanne's. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you could use, like, a popsicle stick for the body. Oh, yeah, totally. And, uh, how would you make the tiny spoon? 
there's a couple. I actually have a couple tiny spoons already. Uh, from of course you do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you could just get like doll sets. Uh, one twelfth scale oh, doll yeah. sets. Um, that's true. Alternately, uh, there is a Japanese company that makes little accessories that are meant to like create little room type things. Uh, the company oh, is called cool. Rement, uh, like R E colon M E N T. Uh, oh. I have a couple of their sets. They're real nice, real detailed. Uh, they fit in well with most like SH figure arts or figmas. Cool. Um, yeah, I, I think I have a couple that, spoons from those. Uh, I'll have to look that into that. Yeah, those. I mean, sorry, go on. No, I mean because that 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 just that seems really cool. Yeah, um, those remints are expensive though, and they're sold in the format of blind boxes. Ah. Uh, but most places that sell them will sell you an entire like package of them that comes with one of each. Because you know, they're not really blind boxes. They're just broken up into individual boxes with different accessories. Yeah. And you know which one you're getting. And you know in a uh, a single unit, it has a complete set. And you can usually buy that complete set for like between 45 and $65 if it's uh, retail. Yeah. Because those are like the only. If I were to have, if you were to give the tick accessories, those are kind of the only things I would really want. I just want him to have the little wooden boy, and I want him to have like a tiny spoon. That's it. Uh. Can't think of anything else I would want to give him. I kind of want the message cannon. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I forgot about the message cannon. Uh. Uh, but the message uh. cannon probably wouldn't be the hardest thing to configure. Uh, you could probably use something from the Fortnite Legendary series. Yeah, you could also give him like a little tick signal. Yeah, little tick signal. That also be pretty easy. Um, yeah. With Arthur, I'd want the time machine from the like the was it last, second to last episode or last episode? Yeah, yeah, the one with the uh, where they go back in time and there's the, the caveman working at the diner and shit. Yeah, well, not diner, but yeah. It would, it's, yeah, you know what I mean. Resort, yeah. Um, Resort for time travelers. Yeah. Um, I, I'd want the time machine from that. I'd want, like, a, a picture frame with a picture of Carmelita in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you want a little yarmulke? No, I would not. Hmm. Um... The only other f- action figure figure I'd want an action f- character I'd want an action figure of would be Mr. Creamy. <laughs> oh yeah, the one who was voiced by Bobcat Goldthwait in the last episode. Yeah, I I just love Bobcat Goldthwait. I wish they'd yep. done Mr. Creamy far earlier because I always want more Bobcat Goldthwait. Yeah. Uh, um, back to the the show at hand. Yes. Um, this show. It it's it starts off episodic, but there's like an um a actual a lot a lot of continuity that you wouldn't expect. Yes, it 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 is episodic in nature, but it does have a sense of continuity. Like dinosaur Neil and Dot getting married after they meet each other. Yeah, uh, the, the, moon the moon always has the che or the cha 
or the ha or the c or the ca or the bite out of it yeah um, um, and also, there's an episode when Ar- when Arthur first meets Carmelita, he talks about their first fight with El Cid. Yeah, there there's a definite sense of continuity, and I really appreciate that, even though it still maintains its uh, episodic nature. It, it's not reliant on the continuity. It's just nice little set uh, set dressing. Yeah, there's also like the 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 little there's. It's really funny for running jokes, like the uh, the guy who's supposed to be the Punisher parody going through therapy. Yeah, that that was fun. I I, I rather enjoyed that. I think my favorite running joke is the the living the human bullet. <laughs> fire me, boy! Fire me, boy! Will you will you fire me? No, I will not. And then his neighbor comes over. And he's like, "Oh, you having trouble with the cannon there, Jimbo? Oh yeah, yeah. No, I'll fire you. Of course you will." Um, the, the, the background characters are so good. So, so good. I I wrote, I literally wrote down, I was like, I want to remember my fair, some of these quotes. I want to, most of them are from the tech himself. Mm-hmm. Um, the city is a justice sandwich. No toppings necessary. <laughs> Then there's that bit where Carmelita and him are talking, and it's like, where he's just like, Arthur, you have something I need in your suit. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, whoa, whoa. (laughs) That's a fingerprints moment. Yeah, it really is. Um, I loved that bit in, I think it was the Breadmaster episode, the first one. Where he says, your wave of crime has crashed against the harsh shore of justice. And then Arthur's like, nice, that was a really good one. (laughs) (laughs) You wouldn't lie to me, would you, little wooden boy? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It it just becomes Pinocchio. (laughs) Uh, uh, uh. What's the other one I wrote down? There was that episode where it was like cops, but it was superheroes. Oh, yeah. And there was that bit where they're in the car, and Tick was like, honk the, honk the horn, Arthur. Honk the horn. Honk, Arthur! Honk if you love justice! <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. This is... Uh, the You know, I also really liked um, Brainchild. I, I think that was a oh, fun... Oh, yeah, the little... Yeah, the, the fun idea for a villain. Yeah. Dexter, but evil. <laughs> yeah, Dexter, but evil. And I love that the parents were like, oh yeah, we're 90s parents, don't you know? <laughs> uh, God. We have to understand him. We're God. starting to think you're not misunderstood. We're starting to think you might actually be evil. <laughs> you think? And then there was that episode where he turned the tick into a two-headed berg that only spoke French. Yeah, that that was the second one with him. Je m'appelle la tic. Uh, wait, wait, wait. High school level French. <laughs> yeah, it was specifically high school level French. Yeah. 
Remember at the end of the episode after he laid the egg and he dropped the egg and he was like, no, my baby. He's like, oh, hey, there's chocolate in here. He just ate it. (laughs) (sighs) Uh, There were two other quotes that I remembered. It was, the other one was, I'm about to write you a reality check. Would you like the cold, hard cash of truth? Oh man! And the last, the last one was from the episode with, uh, I think, it was the second episode of the Terror with the Justice Society, mm. and it was Doll Man. I'm full of tinier men. <laughs> <laughs> I'm. Is that the last of them? Oh, where did you come from? <laughs> Just forgets to put one of his little tiny men inside of him. This show is so fucking good. I also like um the very last episode, uh, Tech versus Education. I like yeah. all the different uh, weirdos. Oh yeah, the ones who were trying to be superheroes. Yeah, and then it it had it had that little nod to superhero comics where the Squirrel Girl saved the day. Yeah, um, I th- I think I think that um. This is kind of... I just kind of realized this just now, but... um, that It's very subtle, but I think each season kind of is like... Has an overarching thing going on. The first season is about the Tick first arriving in the city and becoming the city's main hero. And Arthur realizing that he actually is pretty good at being a sidekick. Yeah. And the second season is, you know... They're continuing adventures and Art slowly becoming more confident and making more friends and all that. And then the third season, and especially ending with that episode, is like, they're established heroes and they're training people who were in their positions back in the first season. Yeah. Which I think is neat. Yeah. Um, what is your favorite episodes? What are your favorite episodes of this show? Uh, it's definitely Tick versus Education. Uh, Tick versus Filth. Yeah, that's one of my favorite too. I loved that episode. Um, um, Leonardo da Vinci and his fighting genius time commandos. Yeah, <laughs> I really liked that one just in the concept alone. And then Little Wooden Boy and the Belly of Love. My my favorite one is the Tick versus Europe. Mm. Oh, that was a good one too. Yeah, I really liked that one a lot just because it was. I I really liked seeing um the tick interact with Blitzen and Arthur interact with Eclair. Yeah, it was just fun. I'm also glad that the, they weren't cowards and they made Eclair and they made a lot of the female superheroes in the show really buff. Yeah, which I appreciate. Like Amer- yeah. American Maid is fucking. She's got some arms. Yeah, she she's still sort of in that you know curvy lady. Uh, category, but it's like buff curvy lady. Yeah, buff curvy lady. She's got arms, and she's definitely got them gams. Yeah. But Eclair was just... Big. Walking wall of flesh muscle. She was she was built like Superman. Yeah. As she should be. Yeah. And I also just like the villain from that. Oh, it was like Octo Paganini and the, uh, the, the Texan vending machine. <laughs> yeah. It's like what? 
the show just had a lot of fun villains and fun characters, and it, it really it just had. Well, not to not to get you know repeat myself and sound like a broken record, but it just had a lot of fun with its concept. Yeah, it it, it knew exactly what it was doing, and it did it exceptionally well. Yeah. Um, and honestly, I'm I'm kind of glad that the Amazon show actually exists because in this day and age of all the Marvel movies, we need a superhero parody. Yeah, I I watched the first season of the Amazon one. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I watched the entire series of the original live action version, and now I've seen the entire cartoon. There's not a bad version of this. Mm-hmm. I haven't read the comic, but yeah, I haven't either. I'm, I'm I'm sure it's good. Yeah, I'm sure the comic's good. It's just different. Yeah, but the I have yet to see a different version, uh, not different, a bad version of this story. Yeah, or I shouldn't say story, but of these characters. Yeah, it's just a fun idea. I think wasn't the terror in the Amazon show. I believe so, yes. Yeah. I know they made a it, lot of... It's been quite a while. I know they made a lot of new characters for the... Yeah, there's not... There's characters... There's definitely a character who fits the same role as Deflator Mouse. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's not Deflator Mouse. There's definitely a character who fills the same role as uh, American Made, but is not American Made. They basically just kept the Tick and Arthur, and then they filled out the archetypes with new characters. It's kind of a shame. But, yeah. you know, what are you going to do? I would have loved to have seen a live-action version of Sewer Origin. Yeah. Yeah, that, that would have been nice. That would have been nice. Yep, definitely, yeah. definitely nice. Definitely, definitely nice. <laughs> Not everything is definitely! Why do you keep talking like that? <laughs> like, Arthur, calm down. Jeez, man. I hate Deflator Mouse. Well, yeah, you're supposed really you're supposed to hate him. Yeah, He's an I asshole. know we're supposed to. I, I know we're supposed to, and I do so good. <laughs> he's he's the kind of guy you love to hate. Yeah, like, I mean, he's okay. I appreciate Deflator Mouse because so often they make characters that you're supposed to be like, no, this is a bad character, but everyone's like, no, this character's right. But Deflator Mouse just sucks. Yeah, and everybody hates him. Yeah. Like, the only reason Arthur and the Tick put up with the Flater Mouse is because, well, Arthur is one of those people that is like, eh, whatever. Like, he's not he's, he, he's not he's really a, confrontational, and tick, the Tick is too nice. Yeah. The, the Tick sees... He, the Flater Mouse says he's a superhero, and that means he's okay in the Tick's book. Yeah. Arthur's kind of a doormat. Yeah. Um... Oh, I just remembered the episode. You know what's another fun episode? Is the episode where they went to the superhero club and there was that guy that showed up who was calling himself the Tick? Yeah. Barry. Voiced by Jim Cummings. Yeah. He's just like, I'm the Tick, though! And that was his a- brother owns the club. Yeah, his brother owns the club. He isn't really, he's not really a superhero, but his brother owns the club, so he just kind of puts up with him. Yeah, and that was also when we saw like the fish boy who showed up again in the ant episode. Yeah, 
I love that bit where Arthur was in the, the fucking shed with the side case and he was just talking to the orangutan and the dog. Yeah. <laughs> Don't uh, do this to yourself, man. And that was when we first saw... They're both the, dead. Yeah, they're both dead. And that was and that was the uh, the episode we first saw the midnight bomber. What bombs at midnight? Yeah, baby. So I tells him, yeah, yeah, baby. Oh, I'm, uh, you know, I told him, and I went down, and he said, "What you gonna do?" And I said, "I'm gonna blow up, baby. Yeah, yeah. Show him how lethal we are. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm real evil, baby. Yeah." And I, lo- <laughs> I love that we tried to cover himself, and he's like, "Oh, oh I just need to use the restroom." He's like, "No, I'm, I'm, I'm the bomber. Bombs at midnight. Yeah." Like, he couldn't hold in his, like, fucking supervillain super personality for more than five seconds. Yeah. Uh. It, it's not that... That's not so much supervillain person. He's just manic. Yeah, he's just manic. And I love when, uh. when Arthur was like, someone's trying to blow up the, the, the club. Oh, yeah, who? The Midnight Bomber. What bombs at midnight? Yeah, sure, because that's <laughs> a real name someone actually has. <laughs> I don't really have anything else to say about this show, but it's so fucking good. It's so it's a it's a it's a super quotable show. Yeah, the, the, we we could just you could just go the entire evening spouting off quotes. I'm bad at remembering quotes, mm-hmm. uh, but you you could just spend the entire next hour yeah. reciting good quotes from the show, and we wouldn't have even scratched the surface. Yeah, I'm. The, apparently, every I I didn't know if this was just a me thing, but when I start doing that, everybody's like, "You just you just know all this shit." And I'm like, "Yeah, I guess I don't know." It's, apparently, yeah, it's, apparently, it's my superpower. Yeah, uh, it, it it's a skill some people have and some people don't. I do not. Mm-hmm. Um, I I am I'm great with like remembering the lore. Oh yeah. And I can remember the stuff like that, but, like, I can never remember the names or, like, specific things that I have. I just remember the feeling I had watching it. Yeah. Um, I'm the type of person that can, like, quote the entirety of a SpongeBob episode word for word. Yeah, I would have had to have, I, I would have had to have watched it, like, a bajillion times to get there. Well, I did. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, granted, I remembered all this shit, but I've I've really only seen the tick like once or twice. Yeah, it's just I remembered a lot of some. I mean, obviously, the one that I remember always is the I need a catchphrase to shout whenever I fight evil. I've got it, spoon. I don't get it. Come on, Arthur, spoon. I'm just the sidekick. Don't ask me. And then he kept, and then that was another bit of continuity. Was like after that point, he did he, he would shout spoon. Yep. Oh, I like the Galactus guy too. Oh yeah, freaking um, what was his name? Oh, freaking Omnipotus. Omnipotus, yeah. Man, for a giant guy, you sure have freakishly tiny feet. <laughs> oh, that would make for a horrible action figure. It would. For a horrible action figure. Oh god. But Oh and also they another bit of continuity was um 
when they were talking about the catchphrases, like, we need to say a thing. And Arthur was like, oh, you mean, like, uh, whenever the villains are coming after us. Yeah, yeah. Like, something like, not in the face, not in the face. <laughs> and then that became Arthur's thing. Yeah. I, I also like that while Arthur was, like, the... He was a coward, but he was, like... Specifically, the, the the Tick versus Europe episode is, I think, a perfect example of, like, Arthur is competent. Yeah, he he's not an idiot. He He's... There's the reason he's, he's... There's the reason he's the Tick sidekick. Yeah. He, he's never going to be a superhero in his own right. Yeah. Uh, he he's sort of found his niche in life, and that is sidekick. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not particularly brave or strong, but he's he's smart, and he's better at being the tick's brain, and the tick is better at being the muscle. Yeah. Um, and this is just this is also just me talking, but um. I don't hate Carmelita, but I don't know. I really dig Arthur and the Ticks chemistry, personally. But that's just me. Okay. Yeah. Um. Okay. No. No. I mean, I don't know. I I I disagree. No. I, no. That's see... no. That's fair. Yeah. Um. I just. I don't feel super strong. I don't, know. I don't feel super strongly about it. Yeah. I just see like the the way Tick grates on Arthur sometimes and sort of takes advantage of him as a detriment. Mm-hmm. To them as a couple. No, you're correct. Um But they definitely have chemistry. Like that that's undeniable. I just because of the way the tick is, I don't think the tick is capable of. It, it's another, sort. It's another situation where I just don't think one of these characters is capable of romance. Now, you know, I'm gonna and I'm gonna agree with you on this. I'm actually gonna agree with you on this one because I could definitely see a scenario where the tick is like, uh, like, well, like, there would there, I could see an episode of we were being hetero about it where there was someone who had a crush or that girl who had a crush on the tick or whatever. And he's like, listen, I appreciate it, but I'm already in love with someone else. Who? Her name is Justice. <laughs> and that would be the most in-character thing for the tick to ever do. Yeah. Or he would say something like, why is she's a fine blind lady named Justice? Yeah, or so, yeah something to that effect. Or, yeah. or he'd say Lady Liberty. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. I, But I just... I don't know. I I just don't see him as being capable of romance. No, I'm, I mean... I can... You know, yeah, you know, you've swayed me. I could... I feel it. Yeah. Tick's not that I, kind of guy. I am... Yeah. If... If the Tick was different in any way, shape, or form... And still maintain the chemistry he had with Arthur. I'd be right. I'd be on the other side of the argument. No, I agree. Uh, you, um, you've swayed me. Yeah. <laughs> I I didn't mean to. 
No, no, I'm no, uh, I'm. I get what you're saying. Like, yeah. if this, if t- if the, if their relationship was slightly different, it would it wouldn't be out of the question. Yeah. You know, but the tick who he. But you're right. I think it's easy to read the tick at who he is is not the type of person that is really into the idea of romance. I just, I think it's, it's just somehow not built into him, I feel. I, I can't, I'm of the opinion that he's not human. Well, um, that, that, you might want to roll back on what you just said there. Well, I, okay. You know what I mean? What I mean? Because, I mean, ace people exist. I No, 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 I'm, that That's what I'm trying to clarify. Uh, okay, yeah, go I'm on. trying to clarify. I don't mean he's asexual or aromantic. I mean, he comes from a people that don't have a concept of romance. Hmm. Like, they somehow reproduce asexually. Like, they, they he's, he's asexual in the scientific sense in the biological scientific sense more than it, it's like going off that the whole um mm-hmm. the Toriyama info dumps where he talks about how Saiyan society doesn't really have family unit units or marriage and people just sort of couple to propagate the species but there's no mm-hmm. familial affection mm-hmm that's maybe more how I see the tick being, where he he's not from the concepts of love and sexual not love, but sexuality doesn't really compute in him. Mm-hmm. Would you like a shovel to to, to help you there? Fuck. <laughs> just I'll just I'm just gonna hand you the shovel to help you with the uh, the digging. No, I it's I get what you mean. I'm just I'm I'm busting your balls. Okay. It's I I I just wanted to clarify that for anyone yeah, out there no, anyone that, out there who is, might misinterpret what you're saying. Yeah, that is a an excellent point that I wasn't thinking of. I I don't I really just I didn't mean it in a cuz even asexual and aromantic people understand the concepts of romance and sexuality. Right? Like, I'm, I'm not... I mean, I'm not ace, so I, I couldn't tell you. Okay. Um, I know people who are, but it's not... I can't speak for them. You know? What I... Okay. This is above our pay grade. I, okay. I, I, I don't think it entirely is. Because what I mean when I say I don't think the tick is capable of romance isn't that he's asexual or aromantic. He literally doesn't know the definition of those two terms. Hmm. They're not terms that were ever really introduced to him, which is why Arthur and Carmelita bother him, because he doesn't understand it. I, mm, I don't know. I'm not. 
I think I've just dug a deeper hole. Yeah, I think you. I think you might have just dug a bit of a deeper hole. Yes. Yeah. I just want to establish for anyone listening, we are pro ace here. Yeah. But you know. I thought I was ace for a very long time. Oh yeah. Uh. But I'm I'm, I'm not. Turns out. I mean, you know, that's, uh, there's nothing wrong with trying to figure out. That's the, yeah. that's the beauty of uh, stuff like that is, you know, you're just like trying to figure out who you are, and then you're like, ah, this isn't for me, and then you realize it was something else. Yeah. Or and you find uh, you find another identity for yourself that that, that suits you more. People should have the yes, freedom to, I... you know, explore that space, figure out who they are. Yeah. But anyway. Uh, I don't think we have anything else to say about the tape. I don't. I really don't. Yeah, we're good. Um, I, actually, I do have. Mm-hmm. Uh, I. Nah, it's not really a sentiment worth sharing. Uh. Okay. Uh. So yeah, that that's it for this segment. We're gonna take one more short break, and when we come back, we're gonna talk about the Incredibles. We'll see you then. Acme Podcasts Incorporated. On Acme Podcasts Incorporated. And welcome back, everybody, to another segment of Acme Podcasts Incorporated. I am still Laser J, and I am still joined by Kaiju Emperor. How you doing, Kai? Doing just fine. Finally, get we get to talk right. about one of my favorite movies. Yeah, I guess you could say we're doing incredible, because that's what we're talking about. Boom! Boom. Got it. Got him. Got him. <laughs> so, The Incredibles was originally released in 2004, uh, directed by Brad Bird and produced by Pixar, and uh, was uh, released by Disney Animation Studios. Bird, who was basically, he was the first um, Pixar director who was outside of um, Pixar, actually. Yeah. He actually originally yeah. developed the film as an extension of the 1960s comic books and like spy movie stuff that he grew up with. Um, he pitched yeah. the film to Pixar after Warner Brothers uh, were, were disappointed with um, his first movie, uh, The Iron Giant. Yeah. And uh, carried over some a lot of his staff from that movie to develop The Incredibles. The animation team was tasked with animating an all-human cast, which required creating new technology to animate detailed human enemy clothing, really skin and hair, and uh, whatnot, which I think is super cool. And you can definitely see the when you look at the character designs of this movie, that's, and you look at the character designs in Iron Giant, you could definitely see the similarities in um, MO, basically. Yeah, I, I think it's worth mentioning some of the other things he worked on other than The Iron Giant. Mm-hmm. Uh, things like The Critic, King of the Hill, The Simpsons, uh, of course, a lot of other Pixar stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, that's the... Is that it, or...? 
I'm going through his IMDb. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess I could look at his actor. Fuck, not a lot. Um, yeah, that that that's the. I mean, he worked on Mission Impossible: Ghost Protocol. Mm. Um, uh, he's also a TV the TV document. Sorry, go on. No, no, you finish. Uh, a, a TV documentary called "100 Great Greatest Cartoons." He's also the voice of Edna in this movie. Yeah. Edna Mode, who's my favorite character in this whole fucking movie. Yeah, she. She could carry her own movie, honestly. Yeah, we got uh, Craig T. Nelson as as Bob, aka Mr. Incredible. Yeah, Holly Hunter as Helen Parr, Elastigirl. Samuel L. Jackson as Lucius Lucius Best, uh, Frozone. Yep, and we got um. Jason Lee is Syndrome, Buddy Pine. Yeah, the the guy who he was in My Name Is Earl, right? Yeah, he was in My Name Is Earl. He was in Mallrats. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Alvin and the Chipmunks, the the first live action movie. He was Dave. Oh yes, that was him. <laughs> I love Jason Lee. He's criminally underused and he got stolen by the Scientologists at some point. Wait, John wait, John Ratzenberger was the underminer at the end of this. Yeah. That's wild. I didn't know that. That's really good. Yeah. I like that a lot. But um speaking of uh uh Jason Lee, um I remember watching the special features on this movie. And how, when mm-hmm. he was in the, the booth, a lot of, like, Syndrome's facial expressions and, like, animation were actually based off of Lee himself just in the booth, like, hamming it up. Yeah, he has a very expressive face. He, he has one of those cartoony rubber feet. Not to the uh, Jim Carrey level, but a, a certain level of cartoonish rubbery face. Yeah. Um, And I did mention that this is one of my favorite movies of all time. It's definitely my favorite Pixar film, for sure. It, it's my favorite Pixar film, too. And it, it actually is the first in a weird tradition of mine where I saw it in, in high school. Like, actually at school for the first time. Mm. And I have a weird tradition of that with uh, Pixar movies. Because I actually know the first one was Finding Nemo. No. I mean, the first one that I saw in oh. school. Oh, okay. Because uh, I saw Finding Nemo in the ninth grade in biology class, and then I saw The Incredibles in the tenth grade mm-hmm. uh, in TV production, and then I also saw Cars. Uh... Did you have a statewide uh, man- uh, mandatory uh, standardized testing? Oh yeah, SATs. No, 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 not SATs. Uh, we, we had a thing... In Florida, we had a... Th- I don't know if they still do this, but when I was in high school, we had a thing called the FCAT. Oh, uh, we had uh, tax. Tax? Texas Assessment uh, something or other. Yeah, the FCAT was basically the same thing. I don't remember what it stands for, but you only had to take it when you were a... I think freshman and sophomore. 
We took it through uh, fourth, fifth grade, and most of middle school, and I think freshman year of high school. Okay. Um. You know, I don't know about middle school, uh, or elementary school, because I went to private school up until the ninth grade. Yeah, we did it in middle school. I remember. Yeah, but FCAT I know was only ninth and tenth grade in high school. Yeah. Maybe it was tenth and eleventh. No, it was ninth and tenth grade because I remember. What they did with all the eleventh uh, and because they did the testing in homeroom, so what they did mm. with all the uh, uh, <clears throat> juniors and seniors is they put us in the auditorium and they projected movies onto the uh, overhead projector screen. Yeah, uh, and I saw Cars and Ice Age and Open Season. <laughs> like uh, that. we, I was when when I was in senior year and junior year, um. When the tax was happening, I was usually in my English class, and my mm. English teacher, Miss Ballander, she put on, um, we watched The Lord of the Rings. Nice. And we watched uh, Much Ado About Nothing. Nice. Oh, I remembered another movie we saw. Uh, we also did, uh, Back in the Barnyard, or The Barnyard, Barnyard. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Back in the Barnyard was the TV show. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um... So, much like how the tick, like, this show, this movie is less of a, it is a parody, but it's also, like, it's it's, it's would, more of a deconstruction than a parody. Yeah, it doesn't really, it, it's not a parody in any way, shape, or form. It is adding to the superhero mythos without mocking it, but yeah. it is deconstructing it. It's, it's it is cel- celebrating. It's, it's celebrating it. it it's, it's lampshading a lot of the, like tropes like the the the, the yeah. like the the evil villain monologuing and um that scene I remember that scene in uh the cave where Helen is talking about all the, the villains from Saturday morning cartoons and how she said these guys aren't like that they will kill you yeah which Brad and also the Brad really wanted no capes yeah no capes yeah the no capes thing is yeah. uh splashdown Bradbird soak into a vortex no kips. <laughs> Go on. Yeah, uh, I was just, you, you were going. You were saying Brad Bird really pushed for that. Yeah, he really pushed for. He didn't want his villains to be a non-threat. I can understand. He he didn't want Cobra Commander or Skeletor. Uh, Skeletor. He he wanted or Megatron. He wanted. Lex Luthor. He wanted real threats. Yeah, he wanted Lex. Well. It, he wanted early Lex Luthor, not Silver Age Lex Luthor. Yeah, well, he wanted the Lex Luthor we grew up with. Yeah. The the businessman Lex Luthor, not the evil scientist. Yeah. Um, which I always thought was funny. This is like this is a tangent, but I always thought was really funny when when Lex Luthor was originally created. It was like, what was the most evil thing we could think of? It was like the idea of evil scientists and you know whatnot, and then when they tried to reboot all of superheroes and for the new age what's the most evil thing we can think of now oh a businessman a corporatist yeah uh fortune 500 yeah guy. fortune 500 guy yeah but um anyway um i mentioned the the whole the, the designs of characters and i think that the look and aesthetic of what this, this it's like retro chic 
like what this movie is going for, and I think that's one of my favorite things about the movie. I mean, it, it's very much a period piece. It is set in the 1960s. Yeah. It it's and it, it it wears that on its sleeve. They very accurately capture the design aesthetics of that period. Yeah, the Syndrome's base and all of his goons. It's it's like a Bond villain type scenario. Yeah, it it's straight up out of a Bond movie. It's fantastic. Even the 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 outfits of the goons. Yeah. And like the 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 island retreat base and shooting the rocket with the giant robot and it's it's and he's got like the soundtrack. Yeah, the soundtrack was um actually done by um Michael Giacchio. Giacchio composed yeah. the entire um the score. And it's, it's a it's a really great score. It it really Giacchino. is Giacchino. It, it's definitely trying to emulate the old Bond films like the Sean Connery Bond films. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Like a uh, Moonraker and uh uh the spy Absolutely. the spy who the spy who loved me and whatnot. The the ones who the the ones that had like real stakes, not the uh I forget the he's he, he's he said something racist recently. Of course he did. Uh, I'm I'm not talking about Sean. Con- I mean, I'm sure Sean Connery did too. But the guy, uh, the guy from Skyfall or whatever. No, not Daniel Craig. Oh, okay. I, I was thinking like the '70s guy, the one where it oh, became kind of campy. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember now. The the ones where you had like Jaws and all the like the weirdos. Um, odd job and Jaws. This is just a this is kind of a random side note, but this gives me a perfect opportunity to plug a podcast. Okay. Um, it's called From Rewatch with Love. <laughs> going through the Bond movies. Going through all the Bond movies. Hell yeah. Yeah, it's it's a fun time. Definitely recommend it. I barely know anything about Bond, and it's just really interesting hearing them talk about Bond just in general because I'm not I I I'm, I I know enough about it, but I'm not as familiar with it as most people are. Yeah, I, I've seen a few from each era. Um, but yeah. I'm not like a huge fan. I, I never like sought them out. It was usually like my parents rented one or my parents were found one when, while channel surfing and I sat down, but yeah. Yeah. I, Actually, there are some that I sought out, uh, but that was more just like out of curiosity. Well, yeah. The, curiosity. There, there are some subjects that I'm like, or, like, things or pieces of media that I'm like, I don't think I'll ever watch this, but I've always kind of been, like, interested in it enough to, like, I want to hear people who are passionate about it talk about it. Yeah. And it might I, make, it might make, make me end up watching it or reading it or whatever. Yeah. But, um, anyway. Uh, the, um, but the, as much as it is a superhero movie, the real core of the, the movie is about Bob and his relationship with his family. It it's about, yeah, it, it's about his relationship with his family, but it's also about uh, the futility of recapturing the glory days. Yeah, the it's it's a it's it's a super blown up midlife crisis. Yeah, basically. Yeah, and um, I I do got to say though, mm-hmm. um. I've really, really gotten tired. It was novel to me when I saw this movie the first few times. 
Mm-hmm. But since then, I've gotten really tired of the whole uh, superheroes declared illegal thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I've just gotten tired of that plot point. Um, I, I saw mean, it, that it was new at the time. It was more new at the time, but yeah. Yeah, no, like I said, the first time I saw it, and the first few times, I found it novel and fun. Yeah. Um, but now I'm just kind of tired of it. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that they really did a good job of, like... There's a lot of subtle bits of art direction in this that are, like, neat. Like, the, most of the movie is very vibrant and colorful. Yeah. Except when you see Bob in the office. Even his colors are muted. When they, he Yeah, they purposefully mute everything to when he's in cubicle hell. Yeah. It it's like a uh, antidepressant commercial. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like I I'd never noticed before that his office is right next to like a high voltage electrical thing. Ooh. <laughs> Like, Jesus Christ, this is, this is like max cubicle hell, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, God. Um, and I don't think there's a bad character in this movie either. Um, no, there really isn't. Um, I mean, there are characters who are bad people, like, well, yeah. Sean's character the the insurance guy oh yeah no he's terrible uh, but yeah but i mean you, every performance in this is top notch even i usually hate child actors and stuff um mm-hmm. i find them insufferable uh to some degree it, it's not really their fault they're kids <laughs> they're, yeah exactly but it, it's it doesn't change the fact that i find but find them that way but um even their performances in this are fantastic. Um, yeah, totally. Like the the kids are great. Actually, I actually really like the kids. Yeah, and um, I love. I mean, Helen is my favorite though. Helen Hunt does the fan has a does a fantastic. I mean, not Helen Hunt. Holly Hunter does a fantastic job as Helen. Yeah, she's she's easily my favorite, like of the family. My favorite character in this movie is still Edna though. Yeah. Um, but what? the the uh, it would have been really easy to like make Bob out to be the bad guy in a weird way in the, in this whole scenario. But yeah, he you get what, what he you get what he where he's coming from, you know. Oh, absolutely. Like you understand why he feels the way he does, because it's just like. I used to help people. I used to make a difference in the world, and now I'm just stuck in this fucking shitty cubicle for the rest of my life. What kind of a life is that? Like, it's... It's really easy to understand why the P feels the way he does. Absolutely. He was a man of action. He, He could lift trains and stop trains with his hands and... Now he's a, an insurance adjuster. It's yeah. soul crushing. Yeah. 
And then he does what pretty much everybody who's ever worked in one of those jobs gets to do. Wanted to do. Throw his boss through a bunch of walls. Yeah. It It's the equivalent of, um... The, like, stupidest scene in any movie, but it's also, like, the most satisfying for anyone who's worked in an office. You remember the movie Wanted? Yeah... Unfortunately. Remember the scene where he picks up the keyboard, smashes a guy, and then the keys that fly out of the keyboard spell, fuck you? Yeah. <laughs> it It's that scene. It It's like that scene. It, it's... Yeah. It's so stupid in that movie, but it's still... it it. That's always the scene I think of when I think of the... Showing your dickhead boss or dickhead co-worker... What for? Yeah. And, uh, everybody talks about this scene, but it's still funny. Honey, where's my super suit? <laughs> Why do you need it? Where is my super suit? You better not be doing no daring do. This for the greater good and greater good. I'm your wife. I'm the greatest good you ever gonna get. <laughs> mm-hmm. You never see her, but you don't need to. Yeah, you, you don't see her in the... Th- she shows up in the second one, right? I haven't seen the second one. Oh, okay. We'll have to, we'll have to talk about it eventually. I saw... I, I watched the second one shortly after it came to Blu-ray. Oh, uh, okay. But I don't... Remember... I feel like I remember her showing up. Like, them actually finally giving her a face. But I don't remember... Mm-hmm. I, I don't remember. Got it. On the whole, that movie was a little less memorable. Uh, yeah, that's what I've heard. I've heard it's a fine movie. It's just kind of disappointing compared to the original. I wouldn't put it like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it is exactly what you would want from a se- sequel, where it's more... Uh, uh, more Helen doing mm-hmm. action superhero stuff and Bob looking after the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and then everyone comes together for the final thing. Yeah. Uh, and the stuff... And watching Helen do her stuff is a lot of fun. And there's a, I, I like the plot points in that, in the, the movie a lot. But I just found it... The details... The little details were less memorable to me than they are in the original. Yeah. I feel yeah. Guess we'll get to it when yeah. we get to it. Yeah. We could talk about it with another superhero thing. Yeah. Maybe make a mind. I don't know. Uh no. I I would. You want to make him a freakazoid? <sighs> yeah, I was literally about to say that. I can be. I'd be done for that. Okay. I'd be done to do making my own. I feel like with the Incredibles two, I think what I'd like to do is. You could do it with another Pixar sequel. No, I, I was thinking maybe My Hero Echo. Yeah, maybe. Well, we'll talk about it off podcast. Yeah, like a a season, not the whole thing. Oh yeah, no, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But, um, um, 
Uh, what else was I going to say? Oh, I remember. Um, the other thing that I actually forgot about this movie was I forgot how long it actually is. Like, this movie's like almost two hours long. Yeah, it's a standard feature presentation size. Yeah, like normally animated movies kind of get the shaft in terms of length. They usually get to be only an hour and a half. Yeah, because animation is expensive. Yeah. And time intensive. Yeah, and and a lot of execs are like, kids aren't going to watch a fucking two-hour animated movie. You crazy? I would have. I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, even childhood laser, I mean. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, look at Spirited Away. Or Mononoke, for that matter. Those movies are long as shit. I I was just going to point out that I sat and willingly watched, like, three hours of Looney Tunes on the regular when I was a little kid, even though I wished anything else was on. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Uh... And related to that is that you would think that um some movies some movies need to be longer, others don't. You know what I mean? Like Yeah, there really isn't a wasted frame in this. Yeah, this movie is perfectly paced. Yeah. Like there's no there's never a moment in the movie that feels like it's wasted or that it's you could have cut it or this could have been, or certain scenes could have been made longer by not having this scene at all, or it, it drags in terms of its pacing. There's not a single scene that isn't, yeah. you know, important. If there is a scene in it that does not directly affect the overall plot, it affects character growth that does affect the overall plot. Yeah, exactly. And then the the action is also surprisingly, like, great, honestly. Yeah, it, it's all real. F- I love stretchy characters. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't used to. Uh, I think Elastigirl is probably the, the character that made me like stretchy characters. Mm-hmm. Um, just watching them fight and the... Comics never really did a good job of fully conveying to me Mr. Fantastic's power set when I was a kid. Yeah. As I didn't much care for the Fantastic Four in general when I was a kid, but particularly Mr. Fantastic. Well, because Reed Richards uh, is a fucking piece of shit. Well, yes. Uh, but more than that, I just thought they were boring outside of the thing. Oh, yeah, I thought no. the thing was the only interesting character. Everyone else was boring. I like Johnny. But Johnny, depending on yeah. the iteration, you know, I yeah, usually I, I usually don't... like him. Yeah, I I I can't lie. When I was a kid, I I thought he was cool because like fire powers, but like he's just uh, he was another Spider-Man type, or he was another like Han Solo type. It was like I, even then I sort of saw the archetype that he was. Yeah. But Ben Grimm, um, Ben Grimm is a great character. Yeah. But, uh, but, uh, yeah, but The Incredibles sort of seeing it in motion. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's that Fantastic Four cartoon, but the animation on that was jank. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, 
but the Incredibles really showed like showed what someone with elastic powers or stretchy powers or like shape shifting powers that rely on like elasticity what they can do and that's it, it made me like that power set yeah um, she, like she turns into a parachute she turns into a boat you know yeah. and i i do like that except well i mean except for dash really all of them are a variant of the fantastic four yeah uh because Violet yeah. is Violet is Invisible Woman, Helen is Mister Fantastic, and Mister Incredible is the thing, in terms of yeah. power set, you know. And Jack Jack is kind of like. Well, Jack Jack kind of like he's uh, supposed to be, I think, a reference to, um, freaking Reed and uh, Susan have these two kids. Yeah, uh, they, they Franklin and yeah. Violet. Yeah, one Not of them. Violet. Whatever, you know, yeah, the kids. Yeah, I know who you mean. Yeah, One of them is a super genius, and the other one, like, has, like, a shit ton of powers. Yes, until recently. Uh, it, it was actually believed that, uh, for a long time, Franklin was a mutant in, mm-hmm. uh, the canon. He mm. had the X gene. Oh. Uh, but a recent, uh, I guess this is what they mean when they say retcon. It, it was recently retconned that... His powers were from the same cosmic rays that powered everyone else. And oh. they were sort of like uh, Scarlet Witch's reality-bending powers. Huh. In that he wanted so hard to be a, uh, a mutant or super-powered that his powers actually warped his genetic code to make it appear as though he had the X-Gene. I... God, I hate comic books. Yeah. Uh, that That's literally in a comic book that came out last week. God, I hate comic books. Yeah. Um, but anyway. And, but for a long time, he was like one of the single most powerful characters in the Marvel Universe because he could he could create universes. Mm-hmm. He, he, cre- he was able to create realities. Yeah. Um... And, uh, but he could also, like, do attacks with those, like, he could do incredible powerful beams, but the powers literally just, like, just ran out. Ah. He's no longer powered. He's a normal human. Hmm. Well. Hmm. But, yeah, uh, yeah, Jack-Jack is a little bit of Franklin. Yeah, a little bit of that. Uh, yeah. But he, but also, but just because he has like the full fire thing, he's a little bit Johnny Storm in that respect. Oh, yeah. But Dash has the has the Johnny Storm personality. Yeah, for sure. He's got the haircut. Yeah. And then hell, and Violet doesn't even doesn't just have the invisible thing. She can also make the tactile invisible barriers that Susan can too. Yeah. Um, I actually really really like that scene. Where um, after the uh, the ship blows up, and they get on the island, and she's telling them about how they could die or whatever, and Violet's trying to say something, and she's like, "No, let me finish." And then she's leaving. Violet steps out of the cave, and she tells her mom about how she's sorry that she couldn't make the the barrier around the ship, the 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 plane, save them because she was so stressed out, and. 
that be it was not only stress, but like Violet had gone through her entire life being told not to use her powers. Yeah. Like at all. Yeah. Which I just really liked that moment a lot because it really was. I just really love all the family dynamics for, between each individual member of the family. Yeah, it 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 really feels like uh like a, a typical family where the mother has the better relationship with the kids. Yeah. And the father he's you know your typical sort of emotionally distant but he's not like he's not like a looming threat in their lives. He's still a good dad by all accounts, comparatively yeah. at least. He's very supportive. Uh, yeah, he's supportive by all means, but he's he's still sort of emotionally distant because of how he was raised. Yeah, and also because of his job slowly sucking yeah. the life out of him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that definitely plays a part into it. Yeah. And... Violet and Dash are like they're the typical brother or sister, but like it's like yeah, I had siblings, I know what that's like. Yeah, it's you know, but it, it, I did really like um, it, it, going off of that. There was that scene where um, Violet was hurt and Dash like just started punching the shit out of that guy and was telling him not to hurt his sister. Yeah, it's just every like a lot of the little things like that. And the family. It just makes them feel more fleshed out as characters. They really they really feel like a family. Yeah. And it's great. I think my favorite bit with their how they interact I loved when um they were at the dinner table and uh Helen was trying to tell him about Dash being sent to the office and he was cutting his steak. It was, he wasn't paying attention and he got yeah. cut the plate in half. <laughs> Yeah. Bob, intervene. You want me to intervene? Fine. Here's me intervening. Just lifting the whole fucking table. <laughs> God. <sighs> I also really liked his um, relationship with uh, Frozone. Yeah. Frozone was... I mean, okay. Mm -hmm. You get Samuel L. Jackson, you're going to have a good character. Pretty much. Like, he he's... I don't know whether he's a good actor or he's just an good average actor or if he's just good at... Because, like, even within the roles he plays, there's a lot of variants. Like, Mace Windu is very different from uh, uh, his, his character in Pulp Fiction. Yeah, or freaking Nick Fury. Or Nick Fury, yeah. Uh... Or Frozone. Yeah. Uh, but you just... Or even his character in... Uh, um, uh, the Kingsman. Oh, yeah. He was not that, wasn't he? Yeah. But, like... <clears throat> I don't know if he's capable of playing a boring character. Yeah. he <laughs> He's is... one of those people that... um. You know how there's like, like they are, the, there's like a there's like a, a sliding scale on this, but on how much they're just being themselves. But P 
people, like actors that where you just you you kind of like don't care who they're playing. You're just here to see them be them. Yeah. In a way. And and there's a sliding scale on that where Sam Jackson is a legitimately good actor, but that like he's definitely channeling himself a lot, and you're here to see Sam Jackson do Sam Jackson stuff. Yeah. And on on absolutely. the on the other end of that scale is you're just here to see them. Like they're not really really acting. They're just. They're just being them, and that's kind of why you're here. Like, and I think the perfect example has a fucking Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum, yeah. Uh, Matthew McConaughey is another yeah. one. Yeah, uh, freaking Christopher Walken. Yeah, Christopher Walken. Uh, what's another one? Um, I'd say Hemsworth. Yeah, Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, Chris Hemsworth. He's just a charming Aussie. Yeah. Just charming. He's always a charming Aussie. <laughs> yeah. Um, I need to see more stuff with him, but you know, this is a kind of a side tension, but you know who I actually really like as an actor? Who? Uh, Viggo Mortensen. Yeah, I... I... I mean, obviously, Lord of the Rings. Yeah, obviously. Um, I've seen part of Hidalgo. <laughs> I've seen Hidalgo. It's a, I, I like him in it. A, okay. The movie they're, is the movie about a, a horse, right? Yeah, it's about a horse. It's a fine movie, but yeah, I like I like I've seen part of it. Yeah, I like him in it. You know, it's one of those okay. things. Like, where it's one of those things where like there are some movies that are like they're not the best movies, but you like like d- like they damn if they didn't do their best job, even if they're in a not so good like a mediocre movie or whatever. Yeah, I remember when they were when the, the MCU was taking off and people were talking about, like, which character they're going to do next, I remember I really wanted Viggo Mortensen to be Doctor Strange. Yeah, I would really like that. I would have liked that, too, but instead we got Bandersnatch Cumberbun. Yeah, and to be fair, mm-hmm. he did not do a bad job. He's playing a very specific version of Doctor Strange, which isn't my favorite version. Mm-hmm. Um, he's playing, like, early Doctor Strange, where he's just an asshole. Um. Well, he doesn't have to try hard to act. Yeah. Uh, that, he's playing to type. Um. Uh, but, it's just, like, Viggo Mortensen is capable of saying some weird-sounding shit, and it's sounding perfectly normal. Just look at the Lord of the Rings movies. Yep. Uh, like I can, I can literally picture him saying, "By the hoary hosts of Hogoth, I will have to use the crimson bands of Nathandakal to blah 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 magic spout drivel." You know, you know what comic book character I want to see Viggo Mortensen play? Who? Jason Blood. That could be fun. Um. Yeah, Jason Blood. I'd like to see him be. The alter ego of Etrigan. Who would you want to play Etrigan, though? Um, I'd want it to be Ron Perlman with makeup. I can accept that. If I if I lived in a perfect world, I'd want that. <laughs> if I could pick another Marvel character for Viggo Mortensen to play, I'd kind of like to see him be... Uh, the Black Knight. Yeah, the Black Knight would be pretty cool, actually. Uh, 
But if it was a DC character, I kind of like to see him be Swamp Thing. Mm. I would also want to see him play uh, Mr. Miracle. Mr. Miracle would be fun, yeah. Yeah, I'd I'd like to see that. Um but uh anyway. Yeah. That's that's enough of that. Um and I don't really got anything else to say about the Incredibles, do you? Um I didn't want to talk about Syndrome real quick. We talked about how Oh, yeah, we got to talk about Syndrome. We got to talk about Syndrome. He's a great villain. Yeah, like, he he's uh like the perfect uh warning story of uh fanboy gone too far. Yeah. And I genuinely, like, he's a really silly looking character, but at the same time, he's also, like, genuinely threatening. He, yeah, he's super threatening, but he has an almost DreamWorks design to him, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. He's, he's, he's the, one of the more exaggerated designs in terms of his yeah. proportions and his, like, the fucking troll doll hair doesn't help either. Yeah, I, I feel like he could be in the same Legion of Doom as Megamind. Yeah. And Gru from Despicable Me. You're super correct. Um, Because, like, except he's, like, way more threatening than both of them. Well, yeah, no, he's a genuine threat. Yeah, like, his his actual character doesn't match his appearance, and I think that might be the point. Yeah, it's totally the point. He's supposed to look like a, like stereotypical Saturday morning cartoon silly Silver Age villain, but he's genuinely a threat. Yeah, he's scary. And he's smart. Like, he's willing to kill children. Yeah. Like, there's that scene where Mr. where uh, Bob thinks the kids are dying, and he's about to, like, just grab him, and grabs Mirage instead. He's like, go on, do it. Kill her. Show me. I dare you. Yeah, I knew you wouldn't do it. And I, my favorite line that he says is um, that bit where he talks about how I've outgrown you. Yeah. And then walks away. I don't know. And he always he's, he's a funny villain at the same time. Yeah, I was going to say, on a lighter note, I think my favorite quote is Doctor and... Mr. Incredible and Elastigirl got married and got busy! Oh, this is just too good. Yeah. Uh, uh, Jason Lee has a lot of range. Um, he's good at comedy, but he's also good at being scary. And if that isn't the white man personified, then... Hmm. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> It's really hard to balance being a genuinely threatening villain and a funny villain at the same time. Yeah, it, it it's rough. It, it's very difficult. But uh, the writers knew what to do. And Jason Lee is a good actor, but he's... I, I think we can owe more of this to really good vocal direction. Yeah, really good vocal direction and really good writing. Yeah. yeah. Um... Because even the best voice actors and actors can be bad in something if they're directed poorly. Exactly. Yeah, because, I mean, I've... I think I've seen most of his body of work, uh, Jason Lee. I've, I mean, I've seen the Chipmunk movies and I've seen parts of My Name is Earl, but that's about it. 
I've seen every episode of My Name is Earl twice. I, I love that show. Oh, I've heard it's good. Um, yeah. Um, trying to... Going through this, and yeah, he's... Yeah, I've seen all the... Um, uh, Kevin Smith stuff he's been in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I haven't seen all his entire body of work, but I've seen a lot of it, actually, going through this list. It's surprising, honestly. Um, but he's a really good actor, but I, and he, he's, he has good range. He's good at doing serious. He's good at doing scary. He's good at doing heartfelt. He's good at being funny. Um, but this might be one of his best performances, period. Yeah. You know what's a good example of this done wrong? Uh, mm-hmm. Is Ultron and Age of Ultron. Yeah. Like, they tried to do a similar thing with Ultron, but it just failed so utterly. They What they should have done, because... what They tried to give Ultron... A personality? Not just a personality, but Tony Stark's personality gone dark. Which didn't work. It did not work. Um, If they wanted him to have that, they should have just had Robert Downey Jr. pull double duty. Yeah, just have Robert Downey Jr. play Ultron. That would have been great. Yeah, uh, just... Distort his voice. Yeah, distort his voice. Make it robot-y. Yeah. Uh, And you could totally see uh, Tony fucking Stark, Tony Narcissism Stark making an AI based on himself to protect the world. Mm Mm-hmm. It would have worked perfect. Um, and we never even got the, like... It was supposed to be based off of him in a weird way, but we never even got the scene where he is confronted with the fact that it is him. Which yeah. is, which is That's like... Like, if we're going to do that, you're not going to have the scene where they, he has the all of his shit turned back on him? Like, what's the point otherwise? Yeah. It's... Uh, this is just me, me just being just like dunking on the Age of Ultron, really. Age of, I. It has some good there's shit. Some in it. things they did that was very interesting to me, but I really wish they would have sat on that plot line. I wish they would have chosen, maybe like the Morgana Le Fay or Krang the Conqueror to do earlier on. Yeah. Um, like done some real classic Avengers shit. Um. Yeah. And I would have liked to have seen Ultron done when they had properly introduced the characters that would have made it feel a lot more fleshed out. I would have liked if Ultron was just around throughout a couple of movies, and then he eventually becomes a villain. Oh, wait. That that already happened. It was Earth's Mightiest Heroes. (laughs) Uh Oh. The only reason I wish they'd waited... Is because I, the thing about in the comic, I, I know the movies shouldn't be verbatim to the comics. Mm-hmm. Uh, I support that that stance one hundred percent. A lot of the times, the movies do something more interesting than the comics have. Uh, I'm looking at Gardens of the Galaxy. Um, yeah. Uh, 
but I feel like the thing I actually like about Ultron is that his personality is based on Hank Pym. Yeah. And that Vision's personality is based on Wonder Man. Yeah. Um I I I just and I like the version of Hank Pym they introduce in Ant-Man. Yeah. And I think it would have been really fun to have a supervillain version of that Hank Pym. It would have been, um, but... You and know. we still haven't seen Wonder Man, which I am A-OK with. Uh, he's kind of a boring character, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember when Guardians 2 was coming out and they cast uh, Stallone there were rumors that he was going to be Wonder Man and they were going to play into the Wonder Man's a movie star angle. I would have liked that. Uh, yeah. Uh, but then they made him another, like one of the, he made, they made him one of the Ravager leaders, like the, yeah. one of the old, old school guardians before the Star Lord era. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, this reminds me, we really should talk about Earth Mighty Zeroes at some point. It's mm, yeah, we should. Be, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying anytime soon, but it's like I'm of the strong opinion that Earth Mighty Zeroes and Spectacular Spider-Man are the only times that Marvel TV shows have been on the same level as like the DC animated shows. Okay. Term, yeah, no, Earth Mighty Zeroes is fantastic, and so is Earth. Mm-hmm. Sorry, go on. And so is Spectacular Spider-Man, but you know. Okay. Is Earth's Mightiest Heroes the one that had the uh, young, future Young Avengers movie based on it? No. No? Okay. No. It's just Avengers colon Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Okay. No, no, I mean, like... I mean, I know which one. I know what it is, but I, there was one Avengers cartoon that had like a movie sequel to it, like a straight to DVD movie sequel. I don't think it's based about... off of that. No, okay. It's just I it's, there was... it's just based off of a, a different thing. Okay. But yeah, I I really like that show, and then more people should be talking about it. But anyway, I think. Any closing statements about The Incredibles? Incredibles is very good. Incredibles is very uh, good. Watch more. Watch more. Incredibles is incredible, one might say. Yes. One might say. Ah, I know which one. I'm, I'm thinking of Next Avengers. Uh, yeah. Heroes of Tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Totally different thing. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. That, that, that's... It's a, damn, it. it's a damn good movie. So, but yeah, that's it for this segment. We're gonna take one more short break, and when we come back, we're gonna finish this bitch out. We'll see you then. Now back to the show. Do you see how your patience paid off? And welcome 
Welcome back, everybody, to Acme Podcast Incorporated. For the last time this episode, we are going to finish this shit out, and we're coming in at like a nice two hours-ish. Lean, uh, lean episode. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, that's the show. It was a fun one. It was two good things. Uh, I was not looking forward to watching either of these again, but I had a damn good time doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I was afraid the take wasn't like, gonna, you know, you you finish. I was gonna say, uh, like I was of the opinion that like I'd had people work up the tick to me for so long that I thought I wasn't gonna like it, but it was worth the hype. Uh, I didn't like it as strong as some people did, but a lot of the strong feelings that those people who had been recommending it to me for years and years and years was nostalgia. Uh. If I had seen, I I realized if I had seen it like they had, I would be feeling the same way. As it is, damn good show, absolutely love it. Um, yeah. I was honestly afraid that it was like I remembered some things from it. Like, am I just remembering the only good jokes? No, I'm not. Yeah, <laughs> there's too many good <laughs> jokes. Yeah, uh, and The Incredibles is a fantastic movie. Um, for a long time, it was the only. In- only Pixar movie that I could really stand to rewatch every so often and it has kind of fallen into the category with the rest where I feel fine not watching it that often anymore Um, I used to watch it at least once a year but it's sort of petered out a little for me Um, The Incredibles was a movie that when I was younger I'm like yeah it's fine but the more the older I got the more I love The Incredibles. Yeah, I, I actually had the opposite reaction because, like, the first time I... I remember when it came out, I was like, okay, it's a Pixar movie. That'll probably be fine. I probably won't ever get to see it because we weren't really going to the movie theaters at the time. Uh, mm-hmm. And I wasn't really looking in the uh, cartoon... Se- the, like, the kids' section or family section of Blockbuster anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, mistake on my part, but... Um. Uh, but the the second I saw The Incredibles the first time, I was smitten with it. Absolutely loved it. It was my favorite Pixar movie. It still is my favorite Pixar movie. Um. I think. It's still yeah, mine. It is. Yeah. Um. And like I said, I used to watch it every year. Um, but now I'm sort of at the point where it's like, I, I get it. it I, I don't really feel the drive to watch it as often anymore. Uh, but I, I still love it. It's still my favorite Pixar movie. Um, and there's not a single Pixar movie I regret watching. Uh, really? Even, even Cars 2, huh? I've never seen Cars 2 all the way through. Okay, well, all right. <laughs> uh, but I did find the parts of it that I saw funny. All right. Yeah. Cars 3 was genuinely good. Mm. Um 
I feel like you have something you want to say regarding. No, no, that. I, I'm just, I, I just, I despise Cars Two with a fiery passion. Ah, okay. Um, oh yeah, no, I don't blame you. It, it's like the worst commercial uh, drivel that they could possibly do. Mm-hmm. Like Cars, the original Cars was already mediocre, and you made a sequel to a mediocre movie. Yeah, uh, the the original Cars was just. Americana nostalgia, uh, yeah. Route sixty six uh, yeah. fanboyism, and there was no reason for them to be cars. Yeah, uh, Cars two was, <sighs> uh, but I yeah. still remember like there being things I laughed at in that movie. But mm. if as a sequel, it's a piece of trash. Even I will, I will gladly admit that. Um, yeah. But I'm also curious enough that I want to see it all the way through eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, Cars 3, I thought, was genuinely good. Mm. Um, at least as good as the first one. Because I did like the first one, too. Yeah. Uh, even uh, even admitting the faults that it had, I still liked it. The last, time, those. the last time I talked about Cars 2, we were doing a tier maker tier list and ranking Pixar movies and DreamWorks movies and shit. Mm. And I was, we were talking about that, but then that reminded me of, I was in an arg, I was in a debate with somebody. I wanted to, we were talking, we got to Shrek and like all the Shrek movies, and it was like we all agreed Shrek one, really good movie. It's like at least A, A tier, right? It, but it's yeah. like it's, you know, it still holds up, just not as good as like two, which is we considered S. And we got to three, we all agreed that that three was trash. And then we got to four, and I was like. Wow. Yeah, three is trash. Three sucks. Wow. Three. That's. Yeah, Shrek three is bad. Three is my favorite. Oh my god. I can't unpack that. I can't unpack that right now. (laughs) I'm not. I'm not even gonna look at that suitcase. (laughs) We'll get to that eventually. We'll get to that eventually, and then I got to, and then we got to Shrek four, and I was like, okay. I want to put Shrek four above the first one, and they were like, wow. and they were like, what? Like, no, Shrek four is genuinely really good. And I, I, I will mm-hmm. agree with that. It's 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 people didn't give it a chance because people hated three so much. Yeah, but I, I, you know, we're getting into a whole other conversation right now. We need to. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll, we'll 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 get to Shrek one day. Oh yeah, one um, day. I'm looking forward yeah. to it. Same. Uh, but until then, if you want to get in contact with us at the sh- us here at the show, you can do that by emailing us at acmepodcastinc at gmail Kyle, let me hear that email one more time. That's acmepodcastinc at gmail that's right. And if you want to get a hold of us at Twitter, you can do that at Podcasts Inc. That is at P O D C A S T S I N C at Podcasts Inc. And Kai, if they wanted to find us on Tumblr, where could they do that? Uh, you can find us on Tumblr at acmepodcast.tumblr.com. That's acmepodcast.tumblr.com. And if you go there now, you want a new car! Oh, that's right! But, uh, but, read our, but, read, but, 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 
le read our legal uh thing about that first before you know. Yes. Uh, a lot of a lot of fine print on the whole car thing. No free calls will be actually given out for visiting the Acme Podcasting Tumblr. Uh, but yeah, if you, that, that, that's how you can get in contact with the show. But if you want to get in contact with us as individuals, with me, you have to go through those. Specifically, the email is the only one I have direct access to. Uh, I mean, I have access to the Twitter, but I, I don't go on there. Um, I'm still social media blackout. Uh, well, uh, gray out because Instagram. Uh, but if they want to get in contact with you, Kai, how could they do that? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at kaiju underscore emperor. K-I-J-U-A-E-M-P-E-R-O-R. Kaiju underscore emperor. You can also find me on Tumblr. Kaiju dash emperor. Spelled the same way. And that's retweets, reblogs, mostly fan art and stupid shit I like. Um, but if you want anything original from me or whatever, I have a side blog uh, on Tumblr called Kai's Tome, K-A-I-S-T-O-M-E, where I make a lot of my homebrew stuff for D&D. &D. Like, homebrew... I, I, made all, I make a lot of homebrew subclasses, mainly. Um, and mm. I've talked about this, but I recently made a ranger subclass and a sorcerer subclass. Uh... The Ghost Touched Bloodline and the Conclave of the Fang Ranger. Mm. And I don't know what uh, subclass I'm going to make next. Uh, I'm probably going to look through the uh, the new book that came out, uh, Tasha's Cold Center of Everything, before I do that, because I want to see what if there's anything inspiring in there for me in terms of homebrew stuff. Right on. Um, uh, I actually have a quick question for you. Yeah. Um... If you were making a a subclass for a Sentai team, mm -hmm. yeah, what would it be? A paladin, a, a rogue, a ranger? Because ranger feels the most like thematically appropriate considering Power Rangers, but. Mm -hmm. Like, mechanically, which would make the most sense? I think Ranger actually does make sense mechanically if you ignore the, um... I mean, the Animal Companion only applies to Beastmaster because I think you would want a subclass that can do spell-like shit but, like, isn't a mm. full caster because you, you can use it to emulate your, like, super weapons like the flaming swords and, like, the laser guns and whatnot, right? Okay. I think yeah. it would either be... I think... But I think from a flavor perspective and in terms of, like, what Sentai represents, and... I, th You know what I think you could do? You could do a Ranger subclass for, sen for Senshi, um, and you could do a Commander subclass for Paladin. Ah, interesting. That's what I would Yeah, do. I feel like the common Rider could be... Would, would Monk not make more sense for all of them, though? <laughs> I mean, you can be an armed arm combatant with any class if you take a feat. That's true. That's true. Yeah. And you could um, also just you you could bake unarmed combat into the subclass. That's true. Yeah. Because I feel like, um, with with common rider, paladin does because, like, uh. 
this mm-hmm. was a class and Cavalier was a class in second edition, but it's a uh, Paladin subclass since then, right? No, it's a fighter subclass now. Fighter subclass now. Then I think something based on Cavalier would be a better subclass for a common writer, personally. I think you could... Well, I think from a thematic standpoint, you could definitely do it with Paladin. And mm-hmm. you could what you could do is that you could make the writer kick a maneuver, and it would be tied... Mm. In, and you want the writer kick to do a lot of damage, so you could basically tie it to your Holy Smite. It, oh yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and you could like probably a, just tie in some sort of like mounted proficiency into there too. Oh yeah, totally. I mean, uh, paladins get mounted proficiency on their own. Okay, then yeah, that that's all that matters. Yeah, totally. the, I, I think having common rider without the rider part would be stupid. Yeah, you could <laughs> totally have a a a later thing ability where you can summon your armor. That, yeah, that's cool. Oh, man. I really want to do this now. Yeah, I might, I might, uh, I mean, we might do that sometime. But, um, yeah. Anyway. That's... Yeah, that's it for the, okay. So that that's how you can get in contact with us. Uh, both the show and us as individuals. So, until next time, uh, don't be a jackass, and we'll catch you then. Bye. Bye! Over there? I guess. B-b-barbarian.